I um I like this. I think instead of what I usually do, where I give you a thought of where I think this is, yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm just I, I'm just, I'll just toss it over to you. How's that? This song is interesting because I actually made it. Oh my god! Uh, back in March. Um, oh my god! I f- sat down one day on piano. I had a cable connected to my computer and recorded a thing and. It was like the same repeating melody with like a lot of stuff and it took a while and I changed it a lot in the program I was using, but it was really cool to do. And because of what we're doing this episode, I, I thought it was a good choice. So. I know. I love it. I love it. I mean, not that I'm biased or anything. I'm so happy I didn't like trash it. Right. Yeah. Just like, what's this horrible music? Why did you pick something good this time? Uh, <laughs> Wow, wow, no, that's that's um that's really exciting. That's really yeah. exciting. I, I guess let me just jump into it. I'm Didge, uh, your host guide and sometimes uh provocateur, and welcome to the sixteenth episode, I believe. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Of So There's That, uh the podcast. And this week we're gonna do something a little different uh than we usually do. Uh, number one, we have been crazy busy. Oh yeah. Both of us have been Absolutely. crazy busy. Uh I have a lot of stuff going on at work. Uh I am moving. I am packing. Yep. <laughs> uh, you have a lot of stuff going on in your life as you're about to start college uh, for the first time. There's just there's a yeah. lot of stuff going on. We'll we'll hop into a lot of it, but and we're very sleepy. Oh, we're very yes. sleepy. I am heading to New York in the morning. Uh, this has been a very busy weekend for me. You've had a very busy weekend, and you got back maybe an hour and a half ago. Yeah. And I actually got pulled onto a couple phone calls for work. And so we just sort of like, okay, we're going to squeeze in. It's Sunday night right now. It's 934. <laughs> uh, and we're going to try to knock this out hour, hour and a half. Yeah. You know, hopefully. And uh, because if we don't get this done then tonight, then there's no podcast. Yeah. Right. And, um, uh, and, and because you are coming to a point where you're not going to be actively a part of this podcast. I mean, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. But I, you know, as I've said before, I want you to be able to enjoy college and not have to worry about other, you know, commitments or things <laughs> like that. Enjoy it. Um, that, uh, you know, we thought maybe we'd try something a little bit different. So so in that, let me introduce my sidekick and co-host, Dante. Hello, I'm Dante. And I usually ask you how your week is, um, but this week... That you just this weekend that you just got back from was BronyCon. I know you're very excited. Oh yeah! And I literally, we literally have not had a chance to talk about it. This is one of the weird things I have to say about doing a podcast though with you, <laughs> is when you talk about oh something cool happened to me and you want to keep that excitement. We actually don't talk about it, and right. it's like oh okay, so did you have a good time? Okay, great. But okay, no, 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 don't don't give me too much. Let's save it. Let's save it for the podcast. <laughs> so having saved it, uh. Yeah. Here's Dante to talk about BronyCon. So, um, I mean, BronyCon was fantastic. It was over the weekend in Baltimore. Um, had 10,011 people. 10,011 people. Yep. So that over 9,000. Yep. Uh, first Brony convention to hit five digits. So that's really cool. First Brony convention nationally? Uh, like any Brony, any Brony convention, convention, this is now literally the biggest... My Little Pony, just for people who don't know what Pony yeah, is, because yeah. I've had to explain this to certain people, uh, but I think it's becoming more well-known. But yes, this is a my, this is a convention for My Little Pony. Yep. Uh, Bronies, can you explain what a Brony is? Uh, Brony, I mean, the, the term is basically a male fan outside of the target demographic who is a fan of the show, 
but it's kind of become an all-encompassing term for anyone who is a fan of the show. Now, some people who are female fans who fall outside of the target demographic in terms of age. Yeah, they'll they'll go by Pegasister. Pegasister. Uh, however, some people don't like Pegasister. Yeah. And they and they prefer Brownie. Right. So okay, so that's fantastic. Ten thousand and eleven, which is so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but no, the the reason I, I chose to play my own song rather than finding something by Greg Kaufman or some other artist is because of how inspired I've been by the whole My Little Pony fandom and, and Brony thing. So I want like I could go on about like all the little details about what happened at BronyCon, but I kind of want to talk about more of a conceptual level of the inspiration that it's brought. Awesome. Awesome. Um, uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the musicians, because one of the biggest parts about BronyCon and all the other Brony conventions is they have their big musical event. BronyCon has one Friday and Saturday night, six hours each, had 21 musicians. And and, and I'm sorry, I, I, I know everyone hates when I do this, but can you give context to, or will you be? I, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I, no, I, mean, that, that, I don't know. Um, that, that this, it's, to me, this is so fascinating, and, and to people who aren't familiar with how sort of the, the brony community works from an artistic perspective uh the hasbro seems to encourage and give so much freedom oh, to yeah. so many young people who are so musically talented and are inspired by the show and so there are so many people posting on facebook and on all these different soundcloud and all i guess and so many yeah. other platforms uh music that they are creating that's inspired by the show and it is so neat because you see you know a younger audience of people um, through you know, just being inspired by it and sharing fantastic music and art and all the various other things. But I guess I, I was hoping just to give context yeah. that walking in there that this is unique. Like you don't see this for a lot of other right. TV shows and yeah. a lot of other things. There, Hasbro has done such a phenomenal job. And My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, is sort of the yeah the the story. You know, is the voice of what this show is about. And what I like is that Hasbro has embraced it uh, in a, in a, you know, non um, cynical sort of way. And they're just like, yeah, this is cool. And there are people who are fans and you know what, enjoy your creativity and thrive. And we would love to be a part of it. Yeah. So they're all, I mean, it's a variety of age. They tend to be like twenties or so, but it's people who have, most of them who have been doing music for a while, they play an instrument, they sing, they've been, they've wanted to pursue music actively. But with the fandom, they get an inspiration and an enjoyment for making music based on the show. And yeah, they post it all over the place and they get a fan base. And because of the way the Brony fandoms work and, and all the stuff been circulated around, they don't get to meet their fans because it's all online. So right. at a Brony convention... They get to play live to their fans around America, a couple people outside the U.S., and they get to see firsthand the people who love them. And it's filled with all sorts of styles of music. Uh, And there's a certain uh, popularity of electronic within the fandom, but there's rock, there's rap, there's dubstep, there's punk, there's all this stuff. Country. There is, I haven't heard, a, there's less country than most of the others, but there is, in fact, country music in the fandom. It has to be uh, awesome for these people who have been creating in a vacuum. 
yeah. and who have built a fan base. I don't know anyone who might actually do something in a vacuum and throw it out there like a podcast. Uh, but to actually be able to go there and, and see people smiling and and singing along and, and all that, that has to be – that their, their faces have to be beaming oh, in yeah. that, right? Yeah. No, there is – it's really nice that it happens. And a number of people have – use this as a way to sort of break it in the music world. Um, one person who was um, not here yesterday, was here last year, um, got a record deal. Really? Uh, from his music, from for the Pony fandom. And he hasn't done Brony music because of it. Now he has like to do official stuff and all that. But he still has his roots and, and right. came last year. That's fantastic. Um, there's one musician who... Um, by pure accident of what their manager got them into, ended up singing the chorus for episodes of My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of people who, like, they are using... They aren't using it, but by doing it, they are creating their own popularity outside of the fandom as well. And it's really nice to see this happen because there's a certain belief that doing fan-made content or fan-inspired content um, isn't real music or isn't real art or all right. that. There's this belief that because you're basing it off of this, it's not professional. It's not as good as other things. And it's really cool to see people who actually get to break out and use it to almost make it in, like, make it in the real world or something. So... That's um, kind of why I wanted to play the song. I am proud that I made it. I'm not specifically proud of the song itself. I had it on my phone and, and was part of my playlist I listened to. And I really liked it for a long time, but I've listened to it maybe 40 or 50 times and I, I can't anymore. So I was a little nervous playing it. So but... so it doesn't hold up to like top 40 <laughs> like replay sort of stuff. Exactly. Is there even a top forty anymore? Like, it's, I guess maybe people there are still people who listen to radio. Yeah, I guess yeah. there has to be. So anyway, yeah. I mean, I just the I love that the musicians are getting this sort of feedback, right? Yeah. And I love that this community, being ten thousand and eleven, yeah. is large enough, right? That it's not just thought of as fan fiction. Right. Right. Where it's just like, oh, hey, someone's doing it. This is someone being celebrated. There is a large enough audience that there actually is. People are, bro are how popular are you? Do, yeah. do you have you built an audience? Right. Right. And so no matter what that source is, they have still built enough people um, and they go to a convention. They travel. Right. They yep. go to a convention and they look forward to meeting these musicians and getting their autographs. Right. And yep. buying their <laughs> CDs, even though they own all the music, and getting to meet the and get a picture with them, yep. you know. And I, I know you did that, yeah, uh, previously. And so I just, I think is, I just think is yeah. such an extraordinary uh, movement and such an extraordinary experience. And uh, I mean, I could talk about all the various fields, the writing and the comedy and all that stuff. But the other one that I think I want to focus on is the art because I'm an artist. So, um, really, my beginning into art and becoming figuring out that that was something that I was interested in wanting to do stemmed from the show and specifically stemmed from a specific artist who has been at BronyCon every year and every year I come up and and tell him this that he was really the one that inspired me to start art because 
so many times you hear about people who had been drawing their whole lives who started when they were like before they could speak or when they were eight and they just always drew and that wasn't me i'd drawn a little bit but i hadn't pursued it at all and he was an artist who i really liked and he posted at some point um how he had gotten into art and he had started when he was 16. oh really and i was 16 at the time <laughs> so i latched onto it because he was a really good artist and he actually does licensed merchandise for the show and and does on we love fine it's, oh wow yes um and, and can, can you talk about we love fine just a little bit to, oh, to give exactly, people yeah. a context so we love fine is a online store for like shirts it has prints and figures but it's mostly for like t-shirts and stuff of various um cartoons and media that uh they either have artists that they've partnered with or people who will win contests and get their shirts to get up on the uh store and actually, let me just kind of clarify this for folks. So, like, we love fine. We'll do a deal with Marvel. Yeah, they'll deal do a deal with Hasbro. They'll do a deal with with these sort of major franchises that are out there. And then to Dante's point, they have artists who they do deals with, and they collaborate, and they will do contests and sort of various things like that, and bring out a lot of fan creativity yeah. in something. So the fans are sort of creating it, right? Or this, you know, the 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 higher level artist, uh, based on a Marvel or a Hasbro or Milo Pony sort of property, and as a result, fans get these really awesome T-shirts that are being created by the fan base. Exactly, and it's the T-shirt yeah. they want to wear, as opposed to sort of a marketing executives who's like, oh, I think it'd be <laughs> neat if you put such and such on it. They're goofy, they're meme sometimes meme driven. Yeah, they're background character driven. And that's what's really neat about it. And you see websites like Redbubble and other things like this sort of popping up. They're doing more and more stuff like this. But We Love Fine is actually doing the licensing. Yeah. Um, and I've got, I've gotten you a whole bunch of T-shirts. <laughs> I mean, just from someone who works in digital, uh, it, it is it is they do such a good job when you order from them on the website because every time you order, they're like, oh, because you spent you know this much money, <laughs> oh, yes. we're going to give you you yes. get to select you know, a little freebie from here. And if you get another t-shirt, then you'll get a second freebie. And it's just this, it's like an achievement in a video game that we yeah. just end up spending so much money because we just want to, kind of want to see what the next <laughs> achievement was and all these fun bells and whistles. And it was a commerce store that was fun. That was fun. So, yeah. so no, it's no matter what people may say about whatever fandom problems there are or, um, however weird people may think it is, there is absolutely a creativity and a positiveness that is so admirable and and I really appreciate. And I'm really happy to be a part of it because every time I come to BronyCon for the next month or so, I am filled with this positiveness, this inspiration, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, and I and and for me what you know i mean i've watched most every episode of my little pony with you and i'm and you know i'm not a brony i'm not a brony i'm not a pegasister yeah. right and i um and i'm fascinated by this because i've seen a lot of fan stuff I've, I've sort of worked on the periphery of some of these communities um and i guess what so struck me was seeing your interest in music 
and playing the piano in the house, being driven specifically by Forrest Rain, yes, who's been a guest on this podcast, yep. and 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 her music that she did for the Brony community, and seeing you blossom into this is the thing I want to do more than anything else in my life is become an artist, and and you talked about this very eloquently when you were sort of going through. Uh, application process. And we sat down and we talked. I said, well, look, help me to understand why you want to go to MICA, right? Yeah. Why is it that, that this is what you want to do? And and you were so eloquent in talking about walking into, you know, into the the, the, the artist alley and, and seeing all this stuff for the first time and how it inspired you and how you wanted to do this. Yeah. And, and to your point, yeah, some people are like, oh, yeah, whatever, bronies and bronycon and blah, blah, blah. You know, why don't you get to something else? Uh, this has genuinely inspired so many people, and it has changed people's lives. Yeah. And your artistic output now going to <laughs> one of the best art colleges in the country, right? Yeah. Uh, that interest was the genesis of it was bronycon. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. um, and and that to me is so awesome that they're building the next generation of of artists and creative people and music artists who would now have, <laughs> you know, deals and stuff like that. And that is uh, that's special. That is special to have something and have a fan base that endorses uh, uh, people doing the best they can in, in creative endeavors. And so I see it. I see it. Uh, and when you told me that, I'm like, this is, this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. So I guess to close the whole BronyCon thing, um, it's just a really good community. It's, it's because of the show Friendship is Magic, it's powered by a positive voice that just makes everything perfect to inspire people to do more. Yeah. And I, it's it dovetails so nicely with what we talk about on this podcast. I mean, and I hope this is what I've been able to embody, you know, and 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 focus on, which is being positive and groovy yeah. is the way I joke about it, uh, is that there is a lot of negativity in the world and there's a lot of, of debate and there's a lot of labeling and there's a lot of name calling. And I just want to call out some stuff that's positive. It's on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And that we can sit here and gripe about all the bad things that happened to us in our lives today or in the past, or we can celebrate <laughs> all of the cool, awesome stuff. And that's what yeah. I am trying very hard to be about. Focus on the positive. And and it becomes contagious. Yeah. Other people start smiling and other people... You know, and I've certainly seen this in as I'm transitioning. I see people who, you know, you walk up to the counter <laughs> and they're not sure. And you joke with them and you're friendly and you smile and you're a human being and you're you're not this yeah. strange, freakish sort of person. You're smart and you're this and you're that. And by the end of the interaction that you have buying something after the course of whatever 30 seconds 45 seconds they smile and they go hey have a great day yeah and it's neat and i like that and so it's that it's just that focus that you know i'm i hope we continue to be about yeah so um that was my weekend that was fantastic um how has your week been uh my week has been crazy but good but good i've been 
uh, preparing for the basement that we're in, which is much emptier than it was last week. Uh, oh. I've gotten a <laughs> lot of people came over this weekend for, for a kind of a pseudo open house and took the Cajun boil pots and just books and, and it just so much stuff that I just wasn't going to keep. Right. And so I'm very excited because we got a, a, a lot of stuff out, but in the process uh, of, of preparing the house, I mean, again, you have to remember I've lived in this house for 20 years, yep. right? I have been in control of this house for say the past 10 years. Yeah. Like I determine, see when you're married, when you're married, right? <laughs> uh, you want to move something in a house. You're like, oh, I think this table over here, like, um, it, it's you. The, the table just doesn't seem to move. It's like, well, I don't know. Let's think about this. Mm-hmm. Let's think about this. So after you know separation, after getting divorced, when I wanted to move a table, I moved the table. So yeah. the house is really laid out the way I've wanted it to lay out. So in the process of getting ready for moving, mm-hmm. and in the process of getting ready for this open house, I've been moving a lot of stuff and I've been making you guys move a lot of stuff. Right. Um, I have broken a lot of nails mm. <laughs> uh, on my right hand. Very frustrating. My left hand completely looks perfect. Yeah. And awesome, oh, yeah. Right? right hand, a little mm. mangled. Um, but this is, again, you're, you're used to living in a house for 20 years. You're used to, you know where things are with your eyes closed. <laughs> you cruise around the house with the lights off, you know. Yeah. So we moved, the first thing I did is I moved a little, um, like a little table to near the basement steps. And yeah. I used it as sort of a staging ground. Right. And the problem was I put it too close to the steps. And so I came running down the steps as I always do. I kind of, as you can probably guess, being someone who's really full of energy, I'm running up and down the stairs. Yeah. I'm doing oh, this, yeah. I'm doing yeah. that. And so I come tearing down the stairs and I do the tight little turn so that I, you know, bypass the washing machine. And I come into the area where we do the podcast and I spin this corner and I'm going about as fast as one goes when kind of sprinting downstairs. And I smash my right thigh into Uh, the corner of this table, the sharp edge of the table. I literally pierced my flesh. And this was a month ago, and I'm still the 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 wound has healed. Yeah. But I still have a like a, I still have like a bruise, like a black like point right. in my thigh. Hope uh, fortunately it's kind of above the hemline. So yeah. yeah. But <laughs> but uh, so that's the first thing I did. And so you weren't around for this over the weekend. Uh, and I don't know if you can see the bruise, but we moved uh, one of the bookcases. Mm-hmm. From near the front of the house into the dining room, which is the staging area to leave the house. Yeah. You know, and I'm moving in eight days. Okay. This is eight days I'm moving. Oh, yeah. So we moved this and I'm moving my paperbacks in there and I got kind of a liquor cabinet has gone on top of this thing. Well, here's the thing. You probably mm-hmm. don't know this. I didn't know this until Friday. That bookcase is outside of the edge of the hallway and the walkway by about an inch and a half. Wow. So I came flinging around, pelting through the dining room, into the kitchen, and slammed my right forearm into the corner. My My neighbors know about this. I was not quiet. I was really pissed off. And I feel like I'm going to have a gargantuan, ugly bruise on my forearm. Wow. uh, Which is going to go so nicely with my new... uh, that I'm wearing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's sort of the downside. That's the non-groovy, non-positive, just yeah. my vow to be all positive sort of thing. Uh, but what ended up happening is is a bunch of people came over this week, and I, I, I threw a post on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, didn't get a lot of responses. And so I was a little depressed. I'm like, okay, well, fine. No one's going to show up. I guess I could have done an Evite sort of thing, an official right. thing. But I'm trying to get the house. So someone who I haven't seen in five years, mm-hmm. a friend of mine uh, who has been in China, 
for the past couple of years and mm-hmm. she's back and she and I have been playing Facebook tag. We just mm-hmm. haven't been able to really connect and we've tried and this and that. And so I sent her a note and I said, Hey, look, we've been trying to do this. I'm out of here. I'm then- packing this weekend. This is it. So if you want to see me, it's gotta be this weekend. And then I sort of, you know, reinforced that, that, you know, I'm transitioning and I kind of wanted to share this with her. And I, I think it just, for whatever reason, life gets really busy. You don't necessarily read stuff in the right way. She suddenly was like, Oh, Oh, like transitioning, even though I've seen the film on Facebook, like, Oh, Oh, Whoa. Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. Yes. I want to see you. So, um, so she came by and we had dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. And um and we went to China Bistro. Oh yeah. Because we always have to talk about restaurants. China Bistro is a place that has these amazing, amazing dumplings. Oh, yeah. And so we get there and again she'd lived in China for a couple of years. She'd been eating Chinese food, like real, real Chinese food. Yeah. So I'm like, this is our favorite dumpling shop in in, in Maryland and um or one of the top two. And I'm like, Hey, I, I want you to try it. I want you to let me know what you think. And so yeah. we went there and she's like, Oh my god, these are fantastic. And we got there late and they're about to close up, and the woman, the owner, comes over to uh to kind of say hey you know do you need a box for it and i'm like right. yeah i have be oh by the way you know she lived in china for two years you know the girls with and uh and she goes oh my god really and they start talking in chinese <laughs> and my friend's face absolutely lit up i mean just it was she was so happy because she's been back from china for like a year hasn't really been able to talk. it was just it was you yeah. could see almost a flashback to all of her time so we spent a lot of time talking about yeah. china but one of the things that happened as i was eating uh the 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 person who i am uh subletting the apartment from i don't know if i've told the story before uh we when i after i came out to to him and and we were hanging out and we were talking about various things in new york and the apartment we went he he took me out to dinner so mm-hmm. we went out to dinner and, um, and you know, I don't eat during the day. Like right. I don't eat during the day and I eat kind of one meal. And, uh, and so we go out and the whole time he's very complimentary. He's like, wow, you look great. And you just, you know, it, there's, there's a, there's a vibe. I, I'm catching the female vibe off you. This is really yeah. cool. And wow, I'm really happy for you and blah, blah, blah. And then we sit down, the food arrives and I start eating hmm. and he starts to laugh and I'm like, what? And he goes, um, you eat like a guy. Like you eat like a hungry guy, like keep hands and feet away from your mouth. Like when mm-hmm. Ditch is eating, steer clear because <laughs> everything's going in there. And, uh, and we had a good laugh about it because I didn't realize that I do eat ravenously. I do right. <laughs> inhale my food and um, and that's kind of who I am. And so I, I have started to notice that I've started yeah. to notice well, okay, well, slow down a little bit. Like, I don't want to be dainty. I still want to right. be digit. I still exactly. want to be who I am. But by the same token, I don't want to be the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Like, just inhaling stuff, right? And so I am telling my friend this at, at China Bistro. And she starts laughing. I'm like, what? Because I thought she's going to make fun of me. Sort of thing in the way I eat. And she goes, no, 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 no. Like, Chinese girls in China, they eat ravenously. That is how they eat. It's just like <laughs> they're just, like, inhaling food. And that, and so after she watched me, she's like, yeah, you eat like a Chinese girl. <laughs> so I think that's a compliment. You yeah. Know, I think I'm progressing. You right. Know, now I'm eating like a Chinese girl, um, which apparently I'm still eating exactly the same way. Um, so that was, that was awesome. I hadn't yeah. seen her in forever and, and, uh, and we just had a terrific time together. We really, wow. really had a terrific time and we're going to, we're going to try to stay in touch and, you know, hopefully she'll be able to come up to New York and see me. But 
again, you have, you know, you read these stories on Huffington Post. You read all these different things of how people's friends have abandoned them and family has abandoned them and this and this and all this sort of things. And yeah, I've had people who I've completely lost touch with and it just so happened to coincide with me coming out as transgender. Right. And I have other people who I thought were doing the same thing, who I thought were no longer talking to me. And it turned out that people just got caught up in their own lives, yeah. right? And they have all their various things going on. You know, as my therapist said, give people time. And I have been so blessed by so many people who, you know, being self-centered, being the protagonist mm -hmm. in my own story, right? Yeah. I assumed that these people were just kind of cutting me off. And they weren't. And so this is, I was thrilled. I was thrilled to uh, to be able to reconnect with someone um, who is terrific. And, uh, and, and it's almost scary, the conversations we have, because um, we cut each other off and yeah. we're laughing at <laughs> each other. And it's just, it's just, it's really cool. It's really right. cool. So I just had an absolutely delightful time on Saturday. And then today, today being Sunday, I, I wanted more people to come by. And so suddenly people started texting me like, Hey, we're going to come by, um, Uner, Uner, who did the, 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 oh, yeah. the whole wardrobe thing with me. She came by with her husband. Uh, and one of our, one of the people who writes into the podcast, Noelle Marie, mm -hmm. uh, I actually, I know her, okay. I know her awesome. and you met her, I think at Regeneration Who, and she came oh, by okay. and she came by with her husband to sort of pick through stuff, gave her a couple of really cool jackets, <laughs> dynamite on her. Um, and, um, and then, uh, so it was kind of the five of us cruising around and people were, were again, taking stuff, so much stuff. And it's <laughs> just, I'm so thrilled because the basement is starting to open up. And then uh, Noelle Marie surprised me and she gave me uh, a pair of earrings. Wow. That she saw. She goes, oh, hey, I, I thought you might like these. And they're beautiful, beautiful earrings. And um, at some point I will talk about, I'll talk about jewelry in more detail. Right. Um, because I find jewelry is not so much about what the jewelry is as much as what it represents. Yeah. And so yeah. many people have given me, uh, have given me, earrings and so k girl who i've talked about before she she got me a pair of earrings i bought myself a pair of earrings when i went shopping with her uh your mom has given me a couple pair of earrings noel marie has given me a couple pair of earrings and other people have given me well you guys gave me a pair of earrings yeah, for yes. for uh, for was it father's day i think so was it parent day yeah I think it was parent day uh, -huh. uh <laughs> you know and it's neat and it's neat because i remember every single one um because i i remember and i'm dying for like my studs <laughs> i i i for your graduation, I was so excited about wearing dangly earrings that yeah. I wore wire dangly earrings, and I actually took the the holes, the stud holes, and turned them into slits. Yeah. So I've now had to go back, and I think I am, I think officially January 1st, 2016, will be six months of me just going with studs post okay. the healing of the yeah. holes. And apparently then I can wear whatever the heck I want. Right. Uh, unless I go to like Christmas party, and then screw <laughs> that, because I got to wear danglies. Uh, and so again, just had a delightful time. And then, and then owner's husband at the, as we, after we went through everything said, Hey, um, let's go, uh, grab brunch. Awesome. And I went, well, I don't really eat. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care. We just, I don't care where we go. Have a cup of orange juice. Just like, <laughs> we want to hang out with you before you leave. You know, we've known you for years and years and years and, this is kind of the last time we're going to see you here. And, you know, and so it ended up being really nice. We went to uh, to an Uzbek restaurant, oh, uh, yeah. Silk Road Triana, yeah. which is an Uzbek restaurant. And it's, so it was really neat. It's gorgeous, gorgeous place with lots oh, of curtains. Yeah. Yes. And, 
and stuff like that. I got the borscht, um, which was very, very, very good. And it was just a delightful time laughing and joking and and kind of telling stories and and, you know, and and smiles from people at me. Right. That, again, I never thought I would get. I mean, I just, it, it, you know, I was so short sighted in this and I have had so many spectacular people. And so, I mean, I have to thank every single person who, oh my God. So another person came by who's a big fan of the podcast. Oh. Um, and he came by and I, he has not seen me since I transitioned. I mean, he knew and he'd been very supportive on Facebook. Right, and, yeah. And I, you know, I met him uh, through your mom and, and he and I have stayed friends throughout the year. Really terrific guy. Really very yeah. funny. Very funny guy. Uh, I'd actually would love to have him on the podcast. One <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, you're a little nervous. You're a little nervous when someone hasn't seen you. And, and we had just come back from dinner. So I had my, my new stacked heel boots that I love that right. I'm wearing. And I have my burgundy legging on <laughs> and my new Eddie Bauer top that I'm wearing. And, you know, and I thought it looked cute. I thought it looked cute. And I, um, you know, and he comes over and I open the door. I'm like, hey, hey, how you doing? And he comes in and, you know, I'm like, do you want to grab water? He's like, and he looks at me, he goes, you look great. Wow. Like you, and it, oh my God. Like, wow. I am like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I'm like, I never tire of hearing that. And it was, it was nice. It was so nice. And to talk for an hour, hour and a half and family and stuff like that. And to still be a close friend of his and, and that this doesn't matter. Um, and then at the end, you know, again, with guy friends that I have, you know, you, you always shake hands, you know, when you see them, when you leave. Right. And so I, that's what I do. Like, I'm not trying, like, again, I, I don't know if people are comfortable, uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he was totally comfortable with everything. And so I was like, hey, it was great to see you. You know, hey, if you ever come up to New York, let me know. It'll be great. Yeah. You know, you can crash in my place if you want, or let's grab a drink or dinner or whatever. And so I reach out to shake his hand. And he gives me a hug. Wow. And he gives me a hug. And it was just so nice it was just so nice because when you haven't come out you fear the worst you yeah. fear the worst and sometimes the worst does happen and it's happened to me in certain circumstances and certain interactions shall we say that i've had in life uh so anyway just dynamite day dynamite weekend i'm utterly exhausted uh and i um you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised we're still standing so anyway that that uh that is a, a probably a much longer uh, opening than we usually do. Yeah, but you but... came home with such a grin on your face oh, that you oh my just goodness. couldn't wait to talk about BronyCon. And I'm like, screw it. It's our podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want. Right? Yeah. And hence we're doing that. And uh, and and then, and I guess this actually segues very nicely into corrections and clarifications, uh, which apparently we have none. Fantastic. Apparently we were perfect. Good. Or we were too busy to actually check <laughs> to see if we made any errors. But as far actually, as I can tell... I have an error that I just remembered. I said that there were over 9,000... Uh, people at BronyCon last year. There were 8,800 people there last year. Okay. So well, there was just under 9,000. So. But now we're definitely over 9,000. We're Absolutely. over 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, great. So, yes. Um, and so I, again, we're going to jump into updates. And updates, I, I'm trying to shorten clearly from the way we did it before. And I actually want to talk about that a little bit. Last podcast, um, we, uh, we trimmed down to one hour and 21 minutes. Yeah. And we've been averaging well over an hour and a half. Oh, and so yeah. even and it's funny because I had a couple people who you know I brunch with today, 
um, who had just listened to the podcast. They had just listened oh, to wow. the podcast, yeah. the last podcast. And I'm like, yeah, we're doing the next podcast. They're like, we just slow down. We're trying to stay caught yeah. up. Uh, and uh, and I, we were talking about the update and how I'm trying to shorten it. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're kind of trolling us on that a, bit, a little bit, weren't you? Like, oh, we're going to shorten it. <laughs> so let me talk about how we're going to shorten it for 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, yes, that's how we roll here. So anyway, I hopefully we'll see what we're going to hit. But again, I don't know what's going to happen. When I move to New York and you start school right. in that, like, do we, do I continue this podcast in a new format with just me, uh, which I'll probably do for a week or two yeah. and see if maybe there are other people who want to come in, not necessarily as co-hosts, but just other people. I mean, I really like Tony Kornheiser's show where he just has a group of people who kind of hang out and they chit chat. It's his show. Right. It's his yeah. show, but they're not inherently guests as much as they're kind of guest co-hosts. And they're all sort of discussing various things, and there's right, a lot of back yeah. and forth. And I think that would be fun. And I'm almost wondering, and I'm really thinking out loud because uh, we haven't prepared as much <laughs> as we usually do. Is you know, do we do we put this podcast on hold and maybe relaunch it as another podcast? In other words, our podcast is so there's that the one that the right. two of us are doing interactions yeah. with, right? Uh, and the one that I'm doing solo. It's sort of like the Beatles, right? And then like Paul McCartney does his own album. Yeah. Right? But then he did the Wings. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, and we are obviously nothing like the Beatles, but, <laughs> but you know, that's the analogy I'm going to go with. Um, also, in terms of shortening time, I guess one thing also I, I should mention, we thought very long and hard about shortening the opening. That like yeah. maybe that's where we were wasting our time, yeah. right? Because we're hitting our stride. And I realized... That kibitzing that we do allows us to do all this other stuff. Right, yeah. Um, and I know other people really like that opening. They really like that we're chit-chatting, that it's sort of like you're hanging out with us. You're yeah. at a table <laughs> you know, near the podcast, and it's before we get into all the deep stuff, it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, yeah. hey, welcome back to the podcast. Here's what we're going to do. And I, I really... I really like that. I, you know, and again, as long as we're not doing two hours, as long yeah, as we're yeah, keeping yeah. it under an hour and a half, hopefully more. Um, I want to be able to keep doing this. But if you're not in the podcast, yeah. then what am I going to do? Ask myself how my week was. Yeah, you know, I can like record you, you know, <laughs> like a like an easy button. I can do a Dante button. Of, just like, how the... was your week? Yeah. Well, we talked about this before. Having <laughs> listened to these podcasts, uh, I don't think people understand how much you bring to it. Because you are an active par participant audibly. Right. With exactly mm -hmm. what you just did. <laughs> just there. Yeah. <laughs> there is clearly two people here. And while, yeah, I do the lion's share. Yeah. Lioness's <laughs> share of talking. Uh, you are never not a part of this. You right. are never not a part of this. Uh, and I, that's, I guess I'm going to want to do this one solo. And see what it's like. And if right. it's just kind of like in an echo chamber. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, as I said last time, uh, we're not going to talk about invited guests. Yep. Uh, we're going to move that. Uh, and once I'm into New, York, into New York, and then I think I'm actually going to start talking about it again. Right. You know, and start figuring out who else would be nice um, to add. Uh, we are not talking about Alexa ratings in the web. Right. We're not yep. doing that anymore. Uh, we're not talking about iTunes US or iTunes UK. Boom. That's yep. off the list. Yeah. Um, and UK pandering. I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Cause we don't talk again. We don't talk about iTunes. Right. UK. And we're starting to run out of firsthand experience and stuff <laughs> that we did. And again, I am yeah. a fan of synchronicity, right? Oh, so, yeah. so when something, you know, when Lon dropped us a note and said, Hey, 
you know, whatever street it was that not, I, I kept Brick wanting Lane? to say Brick Lane. I, I kept wanting to say Bank Street. It's, yeah. it's, it's Brick Lane. I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. So, um, but I guess what popped in my head, and this is, mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated by what fires, what, what neurons are firing. When you talk about something, I will have a flash of something when I was eight years old. Yeah. You know, or having been in a store or a very vivid dream, that, like I have a dream that I have every three, four months that I'm in this used bookstore, this upstairs used bookstore in like the French Quarter. Yeah. And it's just crammed full of books. This is not a bookstore I've ever been to, but I can see it. <laughs> As if I have been there. And so sometimes I'm like, well, was it a dream? Did I have a super vivid dream? Did I do that pepperoni pizza yeah. right before? Did I eat a lot of, you know, cloves of, uh, of garlic and yeah. bake, you know, of, of roast garlic, which by the way, <laughs> if you eat like in a, like four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, 15 cloves of roast garlic, uh-huh. like I did one time. Yeah. Um, and then you go to sleep, uh-huh. you start having like fever speed dreams that's good to know it's yes yes so yes if you're having problems figuring out what you want to paint oh okay yeah let's take down a note yeah let me just roast, write that down real quick roast garlic i guess maybe i can do my recipe for that and we can do a youtube video right um so it, it when we start talking about this and well is there anything else i suddenly realized well we didn't talk about our the beginning of our trip when we went yeah because historically, when you go somewhere, you just you rent a hotel room. And I didn't right. want to do that. It was the three of us. We were going to be there for 10 days. I didn't want to live out of a suitcase. I didn't want to live out of a tiny... Because, I mean, in London, hotel rooms are tiny. The room yeah. is, like, just larger than the bed. It's a big bed. Bathrooms are always kind of funky. Like, the bathrooms are almost bigger than the bed itself. So I'm like, well, let's try Airbnb. Yeah. And so those of you who don't know Airbnb, it's just, it's, you're basically, you're going on like, like a hotel and there are people who are renting out their apartments or their flats in London and yeah. homes or whatever. And, uh, and then you get the keys for it and you're basically renting out someone's home and they, for, so we did a two story flat. Yeah. It was a small oh, yeah. flat, but yeah. it, was a, it was a two story flat. And, uh, and so like Michael slept, your brother slept uh, in the living room with the TV and yeah. sort of thing. And we had... We had a neat little tiny kitchen that had a washing machine in it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That had all the letters. We couldn't figure out. I'd made Michael go online to figure out how to do it. And then we had this little spiral staircase that went up to the second floor, which had a giant bedroom that we shared. Yep. And then a bathroom. Oh, my goodness. The door to the bathroom, you couldn't open it from the inside without, like, seriously getting some grip and, and and pulling really hard and pushing it open. So there'd be times where we'd be stuck in the bathroom for 10 minutes and we'd be like, well, what's going on? Are, are they, yeah. and, and we'd act, we'd have to go up and, and help. Well, what would happen is the way they did the door, the door closed very tight. Yeah. Right. And very tight. And so it was very hard to turn the knob, but the doorknob for whatever reason yeah. was like a centimeter away from the door jam. So you couldn't grab it and you just wash your hands. And now you're like, you're drying. I'm like, oh my God, it's all slippery. And then you remember the bathtub. So Uh, we're used to American showers, right? right? Bathtub, shower, boom. That's what every place I've ever gone. Bathtub, shower, boom. Mm -hmm. You go there and there's a bathtub that's like slanted. Mm -hmm. And then there's, and then there's a handle like for the shower, but there's nothing to clip it onto on the top. So we're like, 
were hunched over trying to take showers and and we just never grew up with this and yeah. your mom was just like what you just do it this way it's so simple <laughs> it's like i never like i'm not used to having to like hold the water it's like a bucket it's like right. holding like washing yourself with a bucket of water or actually more accurately like uh a plant waterer you know like the yeah. little thing that pours out like that's Oh my God, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It's like, can you just put instructions here for the stupid Americans yeah. as to how we use your bathtub system? But it was a dynamite, it was a dynamite little apartment, a flat, oh, yeah. right? And it was near it was near Marble Arch. And it was just it was a lot of fun. And having a little kitchen was great, having a refrigerator, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, and so we would wash our own clothes. And what was interesting, because in the United States, like if you have a washing machine, that means you have a dryer. Yep. It's a washer, washer dryer. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what everyone, either you have it or you don't have it. Either you go to laundromat or, you know, wash and fold or you have it in your apartment. Right. And all they had was a washing machine. <laughs> now here in the States, there's a whole bunch of different dials of like permanent press and cotton and quick yeah. cycle yep. and all these. And they use words. <laughs> it may not be great words, but they use words to describe how you wash your clothes. Yeah. You go to the UK. <laughs> And it's letters. Yeah. <laughs> like A through A, B, C, D, F, G, A, all the way to O. <laughs> and it's a front loading. Like we have a top loading, right? Yeah. So you just toss stuff in. This is a front loading. And so we now understand the Eddie Zard comedy routine where he talked about like what these letters were. No idea. So we actually got to see that. Yeah. Firsthand. And so before we came, I put on the wall a giant map of London. And I yep. put pins in. Yeah. Here's where our apartment is or our flat, right? Here's where the train stations that we're going to go to Cardiff and yeah, you know, Portsmouth, yeah. and here's where Covent Gardens is, and here's where the Tintin store is that we're going to go to, and yeah. here's where the National, you know, the British Museum is, and here's where this is, and like all the different places that we want to go right. to, and I I stick pins in so everyone knew, and so we're like, oh hey, Harrods. So day yes. one we get there, and I'm like, hey, we we can walk past, you know, whatever the giant grassy park was, right, Regent yeah, yeah. Park or whatever yeah. it was. And I'm like, we're going to walk from Marble Arch. We're literally right outside of Marble Arch, all the way down to Harrods. Because <laughs> I looked at the at the map, and it wasn't it wasn't a long distance. Yeah. Why? Because literally right next to it is I have a map of Manhattan, which yeah. I put up when I first started to work in New York City <laughs> so that you guys would know where I worked and where I ate and where all the cool toy stores were. And so when you went, you suddenly sort of understood where things were. Yeah. So these two maps are side by side. We were used to walking five or ten miles a day in New York. Piece of cake. Oh, yeah. Not hard. So our first day, we walk all the way past the whatever the, the park is. Yeah. And we walk all the way down. And I'm getting tired. And I'm like, man, maybe this is jet lag. I'm so tired. And blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. We keep walking. We keep walking. And uh, and my foot starts to hurt. And I'm just wearing like normal walking shoes yeah. sort of thing. Like this is not when I was like suddenly, oh, let me wear heels walking around London sort of thing. Right? This is before I came out to you. Exactly. Yeah. And so we walk all the way down to Harrods, and I am exhausted. And I am like, I am so out of shape, and I can't believe <laughs> this, and my feet hurt. Well, it turns out that the um, dimensions of the maps, the, the scale, mm -hmm. was different between London. <laughs> so we literally, our first day, walked 26 miles. Yeah, that was, yeah. We mm -hmm. literally walked a marathon our first day. And I actually, we had to stop and get, I had to get like foot things, like pads for right. my feet because I, my feet were hurting so much and I was hobbling and I'm like, man, I'm so getting so old. I can't believe my feet hurt. 
And Michael was like, my feet hurt. I'm mm-hmm. like, and that's when we finally looked and I tried to figure out, I'm like, I am such an idiot. Day <laughs> one, day yeah. one, let's walk 26 miles. But I wanted to take you to Harrods. Yes. Because Harrods is, I don't know if it's like the oldest department store sort of thing, but it's like a high end kind of department store. Uh, it was founded in 1834 and it is, it is so cool. And they have a food court and they have all these <laughs> high end restaurants in there and they have food from all over the world. I mean, they have stuff from Europe, they have stuff from Africa, they have stuff shipped in from Asia, they have stuff from the States Yeah, and it's put in like, and it's like people wear the poofy hats, like <laughs> the chefs with the poofy hats and like, what would you like? And blah, blah, blah. And I just remember the first time your mom, when she took me there, the first time I went to London with her. I was just blown away by this place. Yeah. I'd never oh, seen yeah. such a huge department store with so many floors and so expansive and have an entire food court area and a place that you could prepare food and all these different things. So I really wanted to take you guys. What did you think of Harrods when you went? I mean, it, it was interesting because I'm used to like malls where all there's the huge open area in the center. That's what the hallways are. And then you have individual stores. But it is... Every room is a different store, and it's completely different from what's next to it. So there's the there's the food area, there's the jewelry area, there's all this stuff, and each... there's a chocolate. Yes, oh area. my goodness, there is a tea area. <laughs> Remember, like there's yeah. an entire room, a giant freaking room of tea. Yeah, cup of tea, and it, and it's built so you can walk through each one, one to the next, rather than having to choose going to one store, then leave, then go into another. So it was overwhelming and constant. There was no break <laughs> in between for like, oh, random hallway. Yeah, so, and so yeah. we stopped at the food court. We got meat pies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of different flavor. I think we got rare bit. And, um, and, and then we took a walk, and then we started eating them. And, and then you remember where we went next? We went to the uh, uh, the V&A. Victoria Albert there Museum, That's right? It. Yeah. Uh, which was founded in 1852. Okay. Uh, and it's a very, it's it's, <laughs> it's the Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, like, collection. Uh, a very, very famous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you wanted to go. Like, yeah. when I was like, hey, we're, we're nearby. And you're like, hey. So. No, it, it's funny because, like, rather than being enthralled by, like, the paintings or the sculptures, I mean, don't get me wrong. They were really amazing <laughs> and awesome to see. But oh my god, the Poseidon! Oh yeah, right, the, the one where it took really, a really cool yeah. photo oh, yeah. looking up. Yeah, like they were really good. But the thing that like captured me was the um, the uh, uh, the the uh, horse puppet. The for oh my god for yes. war horse. Yes, they had like the three person operated like wood frame puppet like full scale size of a horse for a stage production yeah and a they, stage production and this you when you glance at it, it looked like a real horse exactly yeah and and they had the room full of all the various things they're using for that and that was amazing because you could see all the various bits and pieces of how it moved they had the video off on the side showing how it moved and like it was a horse like <laughs> Right. That that was amazing. Oh, and they had um the Shakespeare First Folio. Yeah, they, they did. They had like an entire. Oh my and, goodness! Yeah, and it was yeah. It was just it was crazy. You wow. Just kind of walk around and you're just like, this is the <laughs> this is like all the Shakespeare plays. Yeah, sort of thing, and just all these famous actors throughout like British history, like that you hear about, and it was just yeah. That was um that was that was a really awesome first day. Oh yeah, right. And I then remember. do you remember how we ended the day? Because no. we hadn't walked enough. No, I didn't. We hadn't walked enough. I said, we have to go to Tesco's. 
Oh, yes. Right? We have to yes, go to Tesco's because when your mom and I on our honeymoon went, she took me to a Tesco's and we bought chocolate yep. and we binged on chocolate. And then she took me, I don't, I don't know if she took me or if I found it. Uh, we went to the frozen food section <laughs> and they had frozen Cadbury ice cream, Cornettos, <laughs> uh, flake, like yep. pudding and just caramel. Oh, my God. God so was decadent. It yeah. was so awesome. But it's just like the best chocolate you've ever had in your life. Right. Like in the freezer with the most decadent ice cream, clotted cream ice cream that you've yeah. ever had. And so I wanted you guys to experience this. So we've already walked 26 miles. I'm literally limping. And so I'm trying to find where Tesco's is. And like Yelp, which is my favorite program yeah. for finding place, wasn't super reliable. So we went to one Tesco's that was closed or it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And so they're just like, you guys are like, I'm done. We're done. We just can we just please go to the damn bed? Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. One more. It's only, it's only two miles away. It's only mm-hmm. and literally. It's right. And so we went, hiked there, and we got there, and we're start pulling the chocolate out, and they didn't have a great chocolate selection. And you guys were like, this is so not worth it. This so sucks. And then I took took you to the ice cream section. Yeah. And you guys, your eyes lit up the way mine did. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, Cadbury, like caramel ice cream, blah yeah. blah blah. Oh my god! Yeah, no, that that was. I don't know if I'd say it's worth it, but it was really cool. It was a great way to end a. It was totally worth twenty six mile walk. We bought a shit ton. Oh excuse yeah, excuse my language. A shit ton of chocolate and ice cream. We had three bags, and like we shoved all of it in the freezer, and we ate it over the course of the next nine or ten days. And I remember I bought clotted cream ice cream. <laughs> it was insane. Like clotted cream, I just have this visual that you're going to have a heart attack by eating it, but yeah, but you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. <laughs> so anyway, that was kind of our first day to it. Um, you know, and, and so again, let's uh, I guess move from here into mailbag, and I think we have two notes. Uh, the wor- the first, the worst, the first is uh, from worst to first. The first, yes, I'm a little mm-hmm. sleep deprived. Yes, uh, John from Orland, who we have heard from before. Yep. Uh, and John is a fraternity brother of mine. I don't know if, oh, I've, if, right. I've, if, I've, if I've said that before. And so anyway, he dropped me a note saying, um, hey, I, I put up a review, uh, carry the one two days ago, I think. <laughs> uh, the PC with the iTunes is dying and using it as an adventure and frustration. So it took me much longer than intended to get one up there for you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. I actually yeah. appreciate it. He was the one who put it up from last time. Remember we had a fresh iTunes oh, thing that I read? Right, yeah. That was actually turned out it was actually from him. So, and like the feta salsa, right? Yeah. And then he continues. He goes, I was talking with a friend this weekend about books and movies and finding themes and so on. I mentioned your podcast to her, how you and Dante will talk a bit about movies, etc., and how much I admired your relationship with Dante and that you both share this interest. In the middle of the conversation, I realized that I referred to you as she. (laughs) The first time that it came naturally to me. It takes a while to overcome 30 years of programming, but it does happen. Wow, that's fantastic. And this is happening more and more. I'm having more and more people who are starting to refer to me as she, not because I have been self-referencing myself as she over the past, you know, month, right. probably. Like even your mom, right? Even yeah. your mom, because she was over here picking stuff up with, with her husband and, and took the body bag out, took some of the weights out, and so it's a few of the other things. And uh, and when you guys got back to the house, she asked you a question, right? Yeah, she asked, she asked me if, if you were going by female pronouns now. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and it's neat. It's neat because, again, I don't want to, like, make a big deal about it because I just – I don't – the moment you make people feel uncomfortable, I think it's just the moment where you lose that that spontaneity and that friendship yeah. and all of that. I'm like, look, you make a mistake, you make a mistake. Right. 
I got mentioned with a male pronoun a lot today, but it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't, you know, and people don't necessarily know and they're not necessarily psychic and, yeah. you know, eventually people will come around. What hurts, the, the one thing that does hurt is people who call me sir at the end of every single sentence when I'm clearly presenting yeah. as female. And again, I'm getting more and more friends of mine who are like, wow, like you look... Yeah. You look really nice. Like, holy, oh, yeah. <laughs> holy cow. And so that, and that's nice. It, you know, again, confidence, confidence. I'm wearing heels for the first time in New York tomorrow. Wow. So excited. Awesome. And they're awesome, right? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the second and last email is Lon. Awesome. Lovely Lon from London, alliteration. <laughs> Feels like I won an Oscar with so many mentions in your podcast. Congrats on the one year anniversary. Which is one year on hormones. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Right, so last, yeah. Awesome. So, so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, now I'm obviously past, you know. All right, I'm yeah. like one year and eight days. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah. So, I guess um, it, it, we're going to do, I guess, maybe a t- slightly different topic du jour uh, today because we've been talking about moving a lot. Yeah. And we've been, and clearly we're in the midst of this thing. And, and clearly we will continue to talk about it as the emotions of it hit me more and more and more. But I figured since I am moving, and maybe is now the right time to be a little retrospective <laughs> about where I've lived and and how that's impacted me and how and how that's um, how, how that's shaped me. So not to get too cliched, um, but uh, I was born in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Um, I was born in Tulane. And... Um, did not live there very long. I lived there a year and a half, maybe two okay. years. Uh, before his family, we uh, we moved to to Philadelphia. I love New Orleans. I love going back to New Orleans. I have such an affinity with it. It's such mm-hmm. a wonderful town. Um, and actually, you know, it's funny because oh, I, I took your mom there. I finally yeah. was able to take your mom there. Uh, and and when I was, I did the startup online reality series when when I was at AOL, and we shot a business that was in uh, the French Quarter. Okay. And and we had a great time. We had a, love it. Unbelievable food. Un, best Bloody Mary <laughs> in the world is a Brennan's, right? And um, and then uh, Katrina hit New Orleans after we finished our first season. And so we weren't planning on following someone for a second year, but we ended up following uh, this bed and breakfast that turned into a day spa. Uh, and we actually met them in Baton Rouge, and mm-hmm. we drove out to new orleans like some of the not well not the first people but sort of you know the people who didn't live there but we would they hadn't been back yet and so we filmed driving into new orleans and wow. there was cars on fire literally there was cars covered in mud that had been towed into like the whatever walmart parking lot yeah we drove by the superdome and the covering like the plastic sort of covering on the top to protect it had been torn off Wow. Um, and it looked, in the way I described it, it, looked as if God had torn the top off the Superdome, you know, where the Saints play. And it was just so, I mean, it's such an enormous stadium. It just yeah. was like, oh, my God. And so we drove there, and, and this was when they put the X's on all the houses to say, you know, if there's, you know, any dead bodies. And so, and it, that's wild because you drive by, and every house, every house has this giant X sort of painted on it. And yeah. um and that was uh, that was wild. I mean, fortunately for them, their place was not really damaged much. 
Uh, but that was a hell of an experience. That was a hell yeah. of hell of an experience. But again, I love New Orleans. I'm hoping at some point. I'm hoping probably when you guys are of drinking age, <laughs> um, that you know that to that not to, not to like get my kids drunk, but I just right. like I think you kind of have to go to Brennan's for brunch. And uh, and like legally have a Bloody Mary and yeah. and, uh, and get the muffaletta at, at whatever the grocery central grocery I think right. is oh my god <laughs> crazy good sandwich crazy good sandwich anyway anyway so yes I feel like I get my foodie roots <laughs> yeah from from there but I grew up in in the suburbs of of Philadelphia and um and I love Philly. I, I adore, I adore Philly. My attitude, my sort of don't take any bullshit attitude, (laughs) I really think comes from Philly. Uh, and there's, you know, and and look, I know Philly gets a bad rap. I know Philly gets bad rap, but when you're from there, when you live there, you kind of get a smile on your face. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So what? Yeah. Um, and I guess what was weird was that growing up, my dad used to lecture in New York city once a month. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, you're a kid, you're whatever, eight years old sort of thing. And so what would happen is my dad would lecture on Saturday and we would get to stay, uh, we'd take the train up usually or we'd drive and we would stay at the, at the Essex house, which is a hotel overlooking, uh, Central Park. Okay. Yeah. At the bottom of Central Park. Right. In fact, when you're there, you'll see it, you'll see Essex house. And like people who were in Saturday Night Live, they stayed at the Essex house. Okay. And so this was just, this was the, you know, this is the place we did. And then, you know, my brother and I and my mom, my mom would take us to F.E.O. Schwartz, uh, which was very close, now closed, unfortunately, that location is now closed. Um, And then we would walk and we would window shop. That's what we would do. And when you're young, you have to walk faster than the adult keep up right and you guys have learned how to walk so fast in fact your friend kyoko yep who i went hiking with Uh we were walking and um and i was walking a little fast and i could note she was trying to keep up and i'm like i'm sorry am i going too fast you want me to slow down and she's like well yeah if you don't mind i'm like oh sure and i'm like oh dante can keep up with me Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, I know. We walk places. He always gets there ahead of everyone else, and like yeah. waits for us to show up because. But uh. you and your brother had to walk to keep up with me when we did yeah. all the walk around <laughs> New York and everywhere that we went. So that's where I how I learned it, because you would walk, you know, from Central Park, and you'd walk all the way down to Times Square, and mm-hmm. then at that point we would go to Nathan's Hot Dog, which was in Times Square before it burned down." And my, by that point, my dad's lecture would be over. Mm-hmm. And he would meet us, and we would get a Nathan's hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'd go downstairs, and that was our ritual. Awesome. That was our lunch sort of ritual. Right. And then we would window shop all the way down until we got to Strand Bookstore, which is on Broadway, which is, whatever, 12 miles worth of books. I think I've taken you there a couple of times. Oh, yeah. It's, it no, is an enormous, like, used bookstore, some new stuff, some antiquities, and it's, like, three stories in the basement is never ending. I mean, I talked oh, about yeah. the before <laughs> in New Orleans, you know, or that the upstairs sort of French Quarter things for my dreams. I think it's partially based on Strand Bookstore because you yeah. just you keep turning and suddenly you're in another alcove and you're in another alcove, and uh-huh. I'm a book nut. I mean, the number of books I've had to get rid of. Oh my goodness! But again, yeah. the number of books I'm taking with me. So uh, Strand Bookstore reading. Uh, being fascinated by going through books and bookshelves and all those and sitting there and flipping right. through stuff yeah. is just part of 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 my my upbringing, and um, 
And then we would uh, we would eventually head down to Chinatown. And, yeah. and dumplings, talking about dumplings, right? Oh, my goodness. That was our yeah. love of dumplings, was that we would go to Chinatown, and there was 456, and there was King Wu, and there were all these different places we used to go to, and we'd get dumplings. Yep. And we'd get mushu pork, and we'd try all the different things. Um, and then we would walk back to the Italian village, yeah. and my parents would get, you know, espresso or cappuccino or whatever. We'd get cannolis, <laughs> you know, and then and then we'd hop the subway uh, back to the hotel. And that yeah. was, to me, that was growing up. That was yeah. New York City. <laughs> And it's it's um, that's always stuck with me. That's always stuck with me. Obviously, uh, you know, and and you know, I've lived other places. You know, I lived in West Philly, and and I lived uh, I lived off South Street on Queen Street. Believe it or not, you know, I know I should. Yeah, yeah <laughs> shut up. Um, it, it, you know, and I love Philly. And at some point, I'll probably get into my Philadelphia experience. Right. Because I that was when I had Vito, my my oh, wonderful yeah. cat. Uh, and I, you know, and I, I wrote a story about him. I wrote, I wrote a book about our experiences together. Um, but, um, but I guess that's not really, it's not really what this is about. Um, as much as I love Philadelphia, um, I, I wanted to move to New York as a kid. Like, I just thought New York was the most, even though it was dated, I mean, this was yeah. pre-Giuliani, right? Like, Lee, we literally came out of the subway one time, and we had just, someone who ran by had a submachine gun that, like, the oh cops were chasing, God. sort of thing. And it just, you know, and you, it just, you saw violence, you saw things like this. This was New York in the 70s, and it was scary and all that, but it was exciting. It was exciting, yeah. you know, as a kid. And there was this nature in the 70s and 80s of good block bad block like no 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 don't go down that that that's a bad block no 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 this is a good block and then literally and i am stealing this from dennis leary it was good block bad block cinder block because there was a point where someone used there was a guy who would drop cinder blocks off the tops of buildings and hit people oh my goodness yeah so it became good block bad block cinder block wow okay yeah. and it was just like you know but it was still, there was this magic to me about New York growing up. And so when it was time to go to college, I decided that I wanted to be a journalist. Yeah. And I wanted to go to Columbia. University of Columbia. It was in New York City. Right. Uh, I was going to become an awesome journalist. I was going to be a writer. All these different things. And I remember I went there. And Columbia is is farther north in Manhattan than the Manhattan that I'm used to. Yeah. So I was used to you know, Soho, right? I was used to, to lower Manhattan. I was low, used to Midtown. Yeah. Uh, but Columbia's all the way up on like West Side. Right. Uh, in fact, you. I, I did a, a summer course there. You took um, a summer course weeks. there when, when we were, when we stayed up there for three weeks. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So let me ask you, what did you think of that area? Um, it, yeah, it was radically different than us. It, it felt like a city, but not like New York. Like, uh, like an old city almost. Yeah, it was. It, Columbia's it has a lot of grad schools, so it has actually a very small undergrad. Okay. And the challenge that I, the problem that I ran into it, and, and I apologize to anyone who loves Columbia, went to Columbia, and just and, and I and I didn't see it, but I the three or four times that I've been there and walked around campus, it just it doesn't have. It's not like NYU, which is whatever fourteenth <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. Um, it. it, it where it's it's in New York and it's alive and there's all yeah. the different stuff going on and you know and up there it was just like there was no one there it was just right. empty it was just yeah. empty cold yeah. concrete 
And it was the New York that everyone talked about how lonely and isolating it was. That's what it felt like to me. Right. And it felt like me when I took you to the course and I walked around and it was just like it was, you know, and I went to Penn in Philadelphia and there was always people walking around and it's in the middle of the damn city. It's in the middle of West Philadelphia, you know. Yeah. And there's people cruising around. There's people playing Frisbee and there's signs, don't sit on the grass. And people are sitting on the grass. And it's just... <laughs> You know, in, in, in Columbia, yeah. it was like, don't sit on the grass. No one sat on the grass. I'm like, what, 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 what? no, no, that Philadelphia, what the hell, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I was so disappointed when I went there. I was so devastated because I so wanted to go to New York. And that's really what I wanted to do with my life. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't pull the trigger, you know? Yeah. And the person who interviewed me, I, I asked him, literally, this is, I, I'm not making this up. I asked him um, how, uh, what the crime was like in the city. I mean, again, this was mid eighties, right? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and he goes, well, uh, my car got broken into this morning and they stole my radio. So yeah, there's crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little reminiscent of, you know, you at Micah and them talking yeah. about the various crime in Baltimore. Yeah. They're like, they downplayed a bit. They're like, yeah, it happens. It's not like a big issue, but you're, you have to be aware of it. And it absolutely does happen. The difference with Micah, though, is that is alive. That place is so oh, yes. vibrant and it's right by the train station yep. and, <laughs> and there's murals and there's all these giant Micah signs sort of on the sides of buildings and awesome bridges and multicolors. And it's just, it's so neat and it does feel so alive, Yeah, you know, and, um, and that's not what I got. That's not what I got from, right. from Columbia. And then, you know, when I started dating your mom, you know, she lived down in the in the D.C. area. And, and you know, for us to continue dating, me living in Philly at the time, actually in Ballacan was more accurately, um, I had to come down. I had to come down. And, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, there's a whole story in there as well. But, you know, we lived in, oh, my God. Yeah, when I moved down, we moved to Tacoma Park. We moved to Tacoma Park. And uh, we were a little tiny apartment and, um, on the first floor, so Vito could go yeah, in and out. Yeah, That's yeah, where yeah. he caught the groundhog. Right. <laughs> and I remember one night we were sleeping, and um, and I hear in the apartment above this very ugly argument going on between a man and a woman. And then, like, banging and da-da-da, and then what sounded like a dresser knocking being knocked over and slamming onto the ground directly above us, like on the floor directly above us. Right. And so I'm like sitting bolt upright. Your mom dead asleep. And then I swear to God, gunshot. Wow. And I was like, okay, don't need to live in Tacoma Park anymore. Yeah. You know? And so then we ended up moving to Silver Spring where we got a house with a few friends of ours. And then eventually we finally moved into this house. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because we were talking about this is the only house that you've known. And, right. And, and Michael was born before we moved in here. But this is the only house he remembers. Right. You know, and so it's been, it's weird for me. It's very weird for me. Uh, because this is your, this has been your home. And I know like you spend half part time with mom. Right. Yeah. Like she's moved in various places and lives in various things. But this is. This is your house. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and this is growing up. And I know you're excited to go to college. I know you're excited to college, but how do you feel about this house being sold, this house being empty, like wires sort of hanging <laughs> from the 
from the wall. It's something that just hit me a few days ago of, of um, because I imagine the future a lot. Like, I have fa- fantasized about, like, the next coming weeks or months or years, and it's, it's not... And it's it's going to be the future soon. It's going to be, right? yeah. Um, but it's not only... It's not, like, what I... I mean, it's what I hope it to be, but it's not, like, a impossibility. It's a... I look forward to the possibility of this. And I noticed that it was of in this house, and I'm like, wow, I'm not going to have that. So, for the most part, I haven't really thought about it, but that just hit me recently. I'm like, yeah, this this is what I think of, and uh, it's going to be gone. But, wow. Um, I Yeah, I absolutely look forward to going to Micah. I look forward to seeing your apartment and, and going up there, but I have to acknowledge that I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I actually just got hit with a pang of sadness um, because, you know, we've been here a long time and yeah. had a lot of memories. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that in the next couple of podcasts of the memories we've had in this house and, you know, <laughs> watching Pokemon and, and together and sitting on the floor Saturday morning and eating cereal together and, and, and all the fun stuff that we did. But, you know, as much as I'm looking forward to kind of my life, you know, uh, once you're, once you're at Micah and me starting a fresh life in New York, I, there is a sadness. There is a sadness. Um, especially because pictures are coming down, you know, and the place is starting to look bare and it's starting to look empty and it's right. Furniture has been moved out and it's just, you look at certain places and certain corners and you're just like, man, Man, and, and you want to be upbeat and excited and all this different stuff, but there's but, this yeah. <laughs> this bittersweet feeling that I think is gonna um that's 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 gonna grow. But I guess there's so much that I love about New York, you know, and it's um like having people come over today, it it and again, I'm so appreciative to everyone who came over today. Right. Um, and I had just a delightful time, and and I hope everyone who 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 listens to the podcast, yeah, uh, understands that that you know I got I got misty eyed, and it was um, it was unexpected. Um, right, you know, going out for brunch was was unexpected. It you know because it's so hard to get to connect with people by the nature of it being suburbs. You know, and that and that you have to plan ahead of time and like, okay, well, no, I'm not doing the sign. Okay, yeah, well, why don't you come over and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm going to be doing, okay, well, I'm really tired. And it's just like it's a production because you have to get in the car. You got to drive. You got to do this. And okay, well, no, these are the other plans I have. And for whatever reason, the suburbs, it's like literally spontaneity means planning a week ahead of time. Yeah. And and that's not what the word spontaneity (laughs) means to me. Inconceivable, right? It's not what it means to me. And and so – trying to arrange all of these folks who live 20 minutes away from you who I've who have been here and I haven't seen for a year and a half or whatever yeah um it was great to see them but it's so hard it's so hard and it's it's so complicated and it's so like you know unless you're leaving it just it tends those plans tend to not always work out and and it's partially right. my fault I like <laughs> I'm not you know like I understand I'm not traveling out to meet all those other people too and also, I'm not trying to be critical of other people. I just think it's the nature of being in the suburbs. Right. And this is one of the things that I love so much about New York. And I've been going up for the past, whatever, seven to ten years, you know, every other week, weekly kind of thing. 
during the week is that like you're at work or you're whatever and you text somebody you're like hey what are you doing for dinner oh i don't know i'm working late okay well let me know what time you get off and then you grab a drink and then you grab dinner yeah and i do that all the time why because everyone's there right everyone's there you hop a subway and you're there five (laughs) minutes later 10 minutes later 15 minutes later you run into people at bars and suddenly someone's texting and you're hanging out and you're like (laughs) oh my god wait ditches there oh my god yeah let me come on over and it's just the social environment is so much easier to connect. And spontaneity literally means what are you doing in half an hour? Do you want to get together? Hey, what are you doing today? Yeah. Well, no, I'm busy for this. But okay, well, hey, great. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, have you been at this new restaurant? No, I haven't been there. Oh, my God. Have you been over at Parm? And I, like, I know I drive people nuts with the food, but <laughs> that's part of that scene. Right. Right. Have you been to this really cool place? And it's something that I grew up as a kid loving and, and this for people who are New Yorkers, this is such a duh. And for people who are not New Yorkers, this is the weirdest thing in the world. There is a street, right? There is a cross street that has every single guitar store in Manhattan Uh is all on the same street. Yep. (laughs) And there's another street that every single flower store and plant store, actually every plant store is like right next to each other. And it's like a green block of stuff. And when you live in the suburbs or anywhere else, if there's like a guitar store, okay, there's a guitar store over here. And on the other side of town, there's another one. Yeah. Because it caters to that neighborhood here. It's like, okay, well, if you want a guitar, here's where you go. Yep. You know, if you want a plan, (laughs) here's where you go. And I love that. Yeah. And I love finding Kinokuniya, a Chinese, I'm sorry, a, a, a Japanese bookstore. Yeah. Um, that is like a branch from the, st- from a store in Japan. Yeah. And it's, and it is, it catered to the Japanese audience. And there's image anime. That's all about, you know, anime and manga for the manga fans. And you don't have to go to Otakon and you don't yeah. go to all these conventions. <laughs> they have the best table there. And there's comic book stores and there's, you know, there's Marco, oh, no, uh, book offs, book offs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is like used video games and used movies and again, manga and anime and things like that. And it's just everywhere you go, there's like there's another place that has the most awesome right. store or, a, you know, a, a, a train model shop that's like underground and you have to kind of know yeah. where it is. Right. Yeah. Right caboose that has a cat walking around. And there's to me, there's just so much magic. There's so much magic in New York City. And I. I at one point had a novel that I wanted to write, which which I, I it 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 was based in experiences I had in Philadelphia, and it was based in experiences that I had in New York City, and and part of the backdrop was the apartment building that this person lived in, and all of the eclectic human beings that were there, right? Based on eclectic experiences I'd had in my life, and it just all of it sort of jammed into one apartment yeah. building, and it's weird and it's crazy and it's insane and it and it and you know hopefully it has a heart that you that that kind of creeps up on you and it's it's a book that i i don't know probably 10 years ago i i wrote a draft for and i have you know my wall i have like 10 pages of notes and the various things yeah and and i'm pulling it out again i'm pulling it out again because because i'm gonna be in new york and i'm gonna be in that environment and it's it's like i have this creativity you talk about creativity from right (laughs) you talk about all those different things i have this creativity that that's spouting from me you know from from me moving there and just that being the environment and just everywhere you go there's like just another 
freaking <laughs> awesome restaurant and another crazy collection of vintage stuff and this and that. Right. And I just, you know, and it, it's so odd because, um, I guess because I've always wanted to live there. I've always, as a kid, as a kid, I just thought it was cool. I wanted to go through there for college and, and, and Columbia just never worked out. Um, you know, and I, I, I tried to convince mom, your mom, that we should move up to New York, that it'd be fun. And she's just not, she's not a city girl. Just, right. just, that's not who she is. And that's not what she, and that's fine. It's totally awesome. That's great yeah. for her. But that wasn't like, I just, I love the city. And, and so seeing when I took you guys up, hmm. you know, I, I don't know if you remember, I mean, you were younger. Yeah. You had a severe asthma attack and ended up in pediatric ICU at uh, St. Vincent's yeah. when you were very, very young. Um, scary. <laughs> scary. Uh, you know, five days, pediatric ICU. Uh, but when you guys were finally old enough, um, and it was after mom and I split up, we went up to New York. And uh, and I wasn't going to take the week off. I was going to continue working. But I wanted right. you guys to enjoy New York. Do you remember what I told you? No. So I said, here's how you cross the street. Number Rule number one, you are responsible for crossing the street. Michael is not responsible for you. You are not responsible <laughs> for Michael. Michael is not allowed to say to you, Dante, cross now. And if he says that to you, you don't have to listen to him. You are responsible for crossing the street safely. Okay? Mm -hmm. Number two, all New Yorkers don't cross with the light. Mm -hmm. Okay? You know, so you're going to, at some point, you're going to learn that. And you're just going to want to do it. Number three, cars are trying to hit you. Never assume that a car is going to stop and not try to hit you. I got hit by a car that ran a freaking red light. Yeah. You know, which ended up screwing up my sh shoulder and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I said, here's how you don't die in New York. This is what you got to do to cross the street. And I showed you and we yeah. crossed a couple of streets together. And I said, you're, you guys good. And you kind of were like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, here's some money. Why don't you go to Kino Kunia and, uh, you know, let's catch lunch in four hours. And do you remember what you thought? No. You thought I was nuts. <laughs> well, you yeah. were incredulous. And by the end of that night, when we went to the hotel room, uh, you were like, this is so cool. This is so cool. And now when we head up, you guys like, oh yeah, hey, I'm gonna head over here. There's no fear. There's right. no like, okay, well, what's gonna happen here? And oh, can I do this? And and I hope that carries over to every other city in the world that you go to, that yeah. you can explore, <laughs> and that there's so much magic out there. But to me, New York City is the most magical place in the world. I, yeah. I've never been to Paris, so maybe I don't yeah. know. And I love London. Yeah. People know this. I love London, but there's something so special about New York, and I'm so excited. I am so excited to move there. And it, in I guess what's so odd is Jim Croce was one of my favorite uh, singers, mm -hmm. singer-songwriters when I was a kid. Uh, and he did, you know, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown and Time in a Bottle and tragically died in, a, in an airplane crash. But, I mean, I remember when he, I remember when his stuff came out. And um, and he wrote a song, and I, I knew, like, most of the songs by heart. It was, mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, Don't Mess Around With Jim was the very first yeah. song. I ever memorized. I ever memorized in whatever, first or second grade. And he wrote a song about New York, um, New York's Not My Home, and about how cold a place it was and how unfriendly and his guitar gets stolen. And I remember listening to it, and, and, and it struck a chord with me. And I also listened to Simon Carfunkel that also talked about New York, but... <laughs> you know, after hearing the song over and over and over again, and I actually have the album now hanging up on the wall, right? Uh, of talking about New York not being being my home, 
uh, it hit me that just as I have sadness and bittersweetness about moving here and moving out, um, that in a week, <laughs> that in a week after a lifetime of trying, that that New York is going to be my home. Yeah. And I and I can't wait. That's awesome. I can't yeah. wait. So anyway, a little change of pace this time, you know, uh, uh, not not, you know, as much on the transgender stuff. But, you know, I think you're you're going to hear some of more about this in the next couple of weeks as we kind of wind down the right. podcast you are on and what the move is like, um, you know, yeah. and uh, I don't think our next podcast will be recorded the day before the move. Yep. So I think we'll probably end up talking about the house a little bit more and our memories there. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the move itself. And then. And then we're gonna have our sob fest, yeah. which is gonna be two days before you start school. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna to hear firsthand, you know, what that's like. And then the next podcast will be after you've gone to school. Michael has gone to school. Yeah. And I have uh, moved out of the house and moved up to New York, and it's gonna be me and the cat. And uh, and that one's gonna be uh, that one's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's I think that's all we got this week. Yeah. Uh, check out the blog at adventuresandtransgendering.com. Uh, our Facebook link is there. Uh, we also have our YouTube link, yep. right? You know, and so what, Facebook is what? Uh, Facebook.com slash Typing Monkette. Yep. Yes. So please like us there. Yep. You know, I, 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 yes, I haven't been as active as I've liked. Um, but at some point when I get a free weekend sort of thing, probably come September, yeah. I'll start posting more and more stuff there. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that, that will be fun. Uh, again, thanks. Thanks to everyone who listens. Uh, thanks to all of my friends who listen. Thanks to everyone who took me out for brunch today, uh, and who came by to see me this weekend. Uh, this, this weekend put a smile on my face. This weekend <laughs> really did, um, put a smile on my face. Uh, and again, please drop us, drop us an email, dig at typingmonkeys.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go on iTunes if you can, leave us a review. Yep. Um, you know, we're sort of in a different place now. We're, we're sort of past that new sort of podcast right, thing. Yeah. And we're just caught, you know, kind of part of the, part of the crowd. So, you know, if, if friends of yours, you think might like it, if you think, uh, the stuff we talk, the restaurants we talk about, maybe places that they want to go yeah. to, if they want to get a muffaletta in New Orleans, you know, obviously this is the podcast for them. Right. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I think that's I think that's all I got. Uh, so I guess we're we'll up, up with my own song. Um, oh, and it's uh, called Enduring. Enduring. Yeah. E N as in endure. Yes. Okay. reminds me of the opening of the equalizer Stuart copeland yeah <laughs> oh my god no i'm like this i'm having a flashback that's awesome <laughs> that is awesome